Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why? But this is something a bit different. It's a condensed version. It's our favourite conversations about tricky subjects, revisited and reduced into bite-sized chunks. Oh, yeah, it's I'm feeling the pressure now, guys. Jesus, yeah, I'm, I'm the one who's now got to do an interview. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll tips. We'll mark you out of 10 <laughs> yeah. at the end. Oh, God. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why, the podcast that's all about digging into big questions and tricky topics by honest conversations. This week we're going to be looking at trauma. It's actually hilarious that I said that in a sing-songy voice when trauma is not that. And I'm going to be talking to Dr. Sarah Woodhouse. Sarah is a research psychologist, trauma specialist, author, coach and creator of the Freedom Process. Sarah researched trauma as an academic funded by the Medical Research Council for 11 years. She still researches trauma today, but now uses her work to create cutting-edge resources to help people heal. Her book, You're Not Broken, I always feel obliged to kind of put this on camera now, um, but that's only useful if you're watching the video, but you're not. her book, You're Not Broken, Break Free from Trauma and Reclaim Your Life is a gentle but useful guide to doing just that. And more importantly, Sarah and I both went to school together. I think the last time we saw each other was around about the year 2000. And uh, excitingly or controversially, Sarah went on to marry a guy from the boys' school over the road. So that for when I say her surname, that is extremely loaded for me because I know her husband. Uh, and now you're a legit, legit doctor. I think Miss um, Wainwright and the other teachers would be Ms. very... Miss Wainwright. She was terrifying, wasn't she? Oh, God, I'd forgotten. She, yeah, she was terrifying. Oh, I was coming out in cold sweats. Yeah. She was terrifying, yeah. She was completely terrifying. But she'd be very proud of you, I think. You're a doctor. I think so. Who knows? She never looked that happy to me. No, but at the time at school, the only person they were kind of reeling out as the the like alumni from the hire is Linda Bellingham, who is the actress in the oh, in yeah. the Opso adverts. Oh, so good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I have a history of trauma. So and for that for for me that looks like relational trauma. So primarily it was molestation when I was young um and I have again it's that silence you know reacting and having such a strong reaction to it internally but not telling anyone um and then going to this huge school Mm. uh I just went into free fall you know the bulimia started almost as soon as I got there really I I couldn't cope and and that's what I you know this is what I work in now is is helping people understand that if you have a relational trauma so if the trauma happened within the context of a relationship which for, which so much childhood trauma is right mm-hmm. if you think about what's going on in the home um family dysfunction all, all of that kind of stuff it's often relational so the outcome of that is that you find relationships really 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 hard so i thought i was going mad i just can't do this i can't make friends i don't get it i you know i just had overwhelming anxiety it, it, it at the even at the thought of needing to be friends with someone or, or and just how do I do it? I don't understand how I do it and of course you know as I've got older I've understood what that's about and what mechanisms were going on but as, as we've said you know it just it wasn't the time when you spoke about how you felt and it certainly wasn't a time for me when I was able to find the language mm-hmm. to say what had happened uh so I just it, I just I mean I spiraled to, it, I don't know if that even sums it up it started with bulimia um quickly I was very very anorexic by the age of about 19 
Um, and then a lot of the stuff that comes along with that. So very dysfunctional drinking, um, very dysfunctional relationships, you know, romantic relationships. I mean, um, panic attacks. It, it, it just wasn't pretty. It, it really wasn't. And then interestingly, I'm, I, we met Neil at Glastonbury. It was with Johnny Heard. Do you remember Johnny yes. Heard? Yeah. They were at Glastonbury together and I walked past, I think he was charging his phone. And, and that was almost the beginning of me moving out of it because I, I'm, I met someone I felt safe with because I suppose in part because there was a history there because at school, Neil and I had been really good mates, mm-hmm. really, really genuinely good. I mean, everyone was friends with Neil. I don't know if you remember that, but we were good friends. And, and I, I think I saw him. So it was the first time I'd had a romantic relationship where I, I knew someone's history. I could picture him at 11 getting on the bus. And it just, there was a, there was a safety to it that mm. I hadn't experienced with any other men. Um, and that was probably the, I would say the beginning of me, of me getting well, cause I wanted to be well. F- yeah. D- to have kids as much as anything, mm. you know, that's the truth. I, I obviously did, I knew that I couldn't pass on my dysfunction. So that was the catalyst. And it, and it's so strange for me sitting here as a kind of, you know, I, we, we were in, in and around the same circles and you, for me, I'm crying because this is how, what I do. <laughs> um, but you, I just look back at all those times and you, for me, would have been one of the people that I saw as as being super popular and cool and having a great time and and it just shows the madness of it doesn't it it shows it does just show the madness of it and I just yeah I just I'm like in my mind going around various situations you know house parties hanging out at the bus park and just thinking well what was the internal dialogue for all those people and this kind of feeling that we all could have helped one another if we'd even have had the language to do it but we yeah but we were young we were young exactly and I, I don't know about you, but I, especially given what I work in now, I, I truly, I, and I find it really complicated, well, not complicated, but difficult to say this because it, in the space that I work in, because of course, so many of us, you know, and, and actually so many women and men far worse than me have, have had really very severe, terrifying life experiences. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I always come back to a space where I just feel like, everything happens for a reason if you if you can as I said before go with the flow I mean I I am here talking to you because of what's happened to me Mm. you know I've written my book because of what's happened Mm -hmm. to me so although I wouldn't wish it on anyone and I certainly wouldn't go back and say yes please I'll choose that again I can absolutely see that my life has unfolded in a way that has allowed me to learn and grow from from these horrible things and from my mistakes our entire system has uh, built itself around protecting you as I said before and finding threats so you're basically only noticing the problems the things that might go wrong um, how crap you are what you haven't done mm. and 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 that is not you so I know it might feel like it's you but it's not you that is a pattern of perception that has come directly from the trauma so to heal, we have to begin looking over here. Mm. So it's really simple stuff is, you know, on a somatic level, it's sitting in the sun and really feeling it and trying to expand that good feeling. And, and even if you're in huge freeze response, huge collapse, huge freeze response or, or fight response, then I'll say to people, where's the safe place mm. where in your body where where feels okay nowhere feels okay I absolutely promise mm. you 
that somewhere, even if it's just your butt cheek, mm-hmm. somewhere feels okay. So we move to that space and then we expand it. So that there may be odd examples, but I'm, I'm trying to explain that what, what we do is we're, we're trying to just gently rebalance and, and widen. I, I, it, you're supposed to call it the window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of official somatic name for it, but I call it the lovely middle space because it is. that's where we're try, trying to regulate back to. Mm-hmm. So you may be down here in freeze, you may be up here in fight flight at multiple times during the day. How can we move you back gently into this lovely middle space? Mm. When my anxiety got the worst, I suddenly got this crippling fear of going on the tube from, from nowhere. Mm which I now understand why it's control and it was it yeah it was terrible and then I did a lot of CBT and then I went skiing I got stuck in a um, ski lift which if you're if this is your fear I was like well now the worst possible thing has happened and I'm fine <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, but you you I, you need to convince I, I need to have proof points to myself and as you say you have to spot them as you in a day's parenting when you feel utterly out of control but actually in the shower in the morning you you feel great like even if it's this three minutes there was a moment where I I I I feel comfortable and you just begin to Mm. loop those proof points back to yourself don't you you do exactly and because I think so many of us we we do live in this very black and white everything's awful Mm. everything's okay you often find I mean that's really I'm using addiction speak there but they're they're overlaid you know if if you've got a trauma history it's not that everyone's an addict but trauma is all about um uh kind of you develop these habits these pathways that become really deeply ingrained Mm. which sounds a lot like addiction doesn't it so so they they're it's not necessarily i'm not talking about substances but what you find is that people become stuck mm-hmm. that's the word we use to trauma isn't it so they've come stuck in these pathways and in these behaviors these thoughts these feelings which is very addictive we all become addicted to that that space mm. it's very uncomfortable for people if you're used to overthinking and I dare to suggest to a client how about we practice not doing that it's it's so deeply wedded to who they are that it's it's so hard to separate separate from and even suggest that they have a choice over it yeah uh, where can people? I'm everywhere, really. So where where am I? So my website is www.sarahwoodhouse.com and Instagram and Facebook. I'm at the Sarah Woodhouse, and on Twitter I'm at sn underscore Woodhouse. There you go. You can find her in yeah. those places. <laughs>